You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a pain, click and I bang, y'all gonna remember the name. I'd like to welcome you back to Real Talk with Zuby. Today we've got a really special episode with my dude Chris Johnson. He is an army vet. He is the founder of 17th Watches. He is the founder of Ridge Market. All around, a true hustler, entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Chris. How you doing? Yeah, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, bro. I like that intro, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That's awesome, man. So where in the world are you right now? Uh, I'm in like the countryside of France on the German border, man. So every day I'm just going back between France and Germany, France and Germany. Awesome, man. And is that just for work or is that just to hang out and enjoy some travel time? Yeah, yeah hanging out, enjoying some family time, some travel time, man. I just uh, uh, I have family here, so I'm like in Europe all the time. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Whereabouts are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, tell us your story. All right, so take it all the way back, man, back in the day. So here we go. I'm from uh, San Bernardino, California. So if you imagine California in Los Angeles is on the water or very close to the water, if you come inland, maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you're going to run into, you know, this part of Southern California that's not L.A., that's not on the beach. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a city there called San Bernardino. That's where I grew up. Uh, that's where I'm from. And then uh, at a, I guess, vulnerable age, I joined the military, 18 years old, you know, uh, joined the military. They sent me to Colorado. They sent me over to Iraq for a year and then they sent me to Germany. So that's kind of how I got my footprint in Germany. That's cool, man. And uh, how long were you in the army for? Was it one year, did you say? Or No, nah, six and a half years. That one oh. year was just in Iraq. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What was that like? How was the experience? It was crazy, man. It was crazy. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. So what I thought was unique about the army is you're meeting people from all over America, you know? So I just grew up in Southern California. I'm, I'm familiar with Southern California, but then you're going to meet people from New York. You're going to meet dudes from New York or from Texas, you know, or so you're, you're it's a bunch of uh, different cultures that are clashing mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're mixing, you're mingling. It's cool. You're going to meet girls from all over. Like it's just, man, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, what I really appreciated about it though is, it, uh, it, it tells you, it shows you what you're capable of, you know? So one thing that I learned, like a few things I learned in the, in the army is like your, your body will quit way before your mind, or sorry, your mind will quit before your body does. You can push your body to limits that you don't know that you can push your body to until you try it. 
Yeah. So anytime that you try something like, oh, I want to stay up, I want to stay up tonight and get this work done. Or I want to do this, I want to do that. It's your mind that's going to quit. It's your mind that's going to say, you know, nah, let me go to sleep. Or it's your mind that says, I feel tired. Or your body's a machine, you know? Mm. So I kind of learned about work ethic. I learned about, uh, I, I learned about different things like this that eventually prepare me for entrepreneurship. That's cool, man. And so what was your family background like? I mean, do you have entrepreneurs in your family or was that something that you've always had in you or was it kind of during after the army, it kind of, it kind of bit you and you realized what you could do? Yeah. My parents are entrepreneurs in their own way. They were just in the streets. Okay. um, Yeah. So my family life, when I was four, my, my pops went to jail for, for a pretty long time. Uh, he was selling drugs and selling guns, and he ended up selling to an undercover cop. Oh, gosh. So right, yeah, so right after my fourth birthday, him and my mom were both doing it. Uh, my dad got popped. He took the rap from my mom so she could, you know, raise the kids. There's seven of us, so uh, so she could raise the kids. And then, so, you know, my fam- my father disappears out of my life. You know, we're still in contact. He calls, he writes, things like that, but he's not physically there, leaving my mom to try to provide. So she ends up you know, continuing to do her dirt in the street. And that's when like my life took like an interesting turn when I was about 11, 12 years old, she got caught doing what she was doing as well, which she was selling drugs. The house gets raided and uh, she goes to jail. Well, it got raided the first time she didn't, nothing happened, she wasn't there. The second time she ends up going to jail and I moved with her sister. So her sister lives in like middle-class America and like my mind was blown, you know, like living the street life and growing up, like running the streets and stuff, you know, at such a young age, certain yeah. things become natural and normal to you and how we normalize some things, you know? Um, so I move with my aunt and then my aunt shows me structure and she shows me like what it's like to make an honest living. And I just appreciated the hell out of that, man. So I stayed there until eventually my father got out of jail. And then the next year during the army and that was, you know, kind of my upbringing. But the entrepreneur thing, it wasn't really uh, it, anything that I was interested in. I grew up playing sports, kind of uh, enjoying my youth. And I, I uh, and that's what, I, you know, I'm going to want for my children. That's what I'm going to want for, you know, the youth. Like, while you're a kid, focus on being a kid, mm. you know. And, and when it's time for you to step into adulthood, you know, you prepare for adulthood, but you still enjoy your childhood. So I didn't get into the entrepreneur thing until, you know, the end of my Army career. Gotcha. And what was the first step with that? Was that the watch company or was there something you did before? Yeah, that was the watch company. That was the first thing I did. So imagine this. I'm in Germany. I'm stationed here and I get to traveling around and I'm going to different countries and all the stuff I never did, like never thought I would be doing, you know, and every time I go to a new country, I would just buy a watch. I would go to, you know, I'll go to the store, I'll go to the mall, whatever the big city was, and I would just find a cool watch that you know was worth collecting and I had stories about all these watches like I got this one here I got that one there and uh, it was pretty cool until I went to uh, I was in Venice Italy and I walked into a store and one day it kind of just hit me I was like man I keep buying these watches and some of them I don't love you know so there was one particular watch in the store and I'm like this watch is pretty dope but I would change this or I would change that or I change Uh. it yeah so it kind of like just created like this spark in my mind. Like, man, I keep spending money on these watches. I could be receiving money for my watches, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. the light bulb just went off, man. And, and I guess that's how I got started. I got back home to Germany and uh, I Googled, how do you design a watch? 
and some dude had a YouTube video. He was teaching people about Adobe Illustrator. So he's mm -hmm. like using uh, watches as an example, like, hey, here's how you can design a watch. You know, I downloaded Adobe Illustrator and I just got to trying and I'm like, all right, well, this ain't that hard. You know, it's a bunch of circles, a bunch of straight lines. <laughs> can't be that hard right he made it real, look really simple so yeah that was kind of like how i got started this is back in 20 2015 okay so i just you know hit my third year in business that's really dope man so it was kind of the mental mindset shift from a consumer to a producer yeah that's exactly how it goes man you and you yeah. realize once you open up your mind like that you start realizing like all we kind of do is consume, consume, yeah. consume, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're like, man, I need to produce something because, you know, I can speed up, you know, my, my path to becoming a wealthy person. hundred percent, man. Yeah. It's very similar with me and my, uh, me and my music to begin uh -huh. with, like going way back, but then also with, um, with this podcast, which has just been running for a short time now, I listen to podcasts quite a lot, but there yeah. wasn't. There wasn't a particular podcast or not many anyway that really were doing what I wanted to do with this podcast. So I was uh -huh. kind of I was kind of looking for it. And then I was like, why don't I make this? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Talk to interesting people from different places with different stories who have done something inspirational, who can pass on and spread knowledge and we can just bounce ideas. Hopefully people listening can be like, ah, that, that conversation was that that set off a bulb for someone else, you know. Hopefully, in, people will listen yeah. to this conversation and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, you know what? I can, I can create my own thing, whether that's a physical product or something on YouTube or a podcast or a website, whatever it might be, man." It's just that mindset shift because, like you said, people just consume, consume, consume all day long, and then you have people wondering, "Ah, oh, how do, how do you, how do people start businesses or how do people do this?" And it's just like everything you're consuming, someone is producing, someone, someone's behind that. Making that bottle of water, <laughs> making that yeah. T-shirt, making that YouTube channel, right. making that video, you know? Yep. So, you know what? Uh, Steve Jobs has this really interesting video that I've seen. And he was like, so basically, society is set up by we follow rules that society has made. We buy things that society produces. But you have to realize that it's someone behind those decisions. It's a person. It's a person behind the, the maker of, you know, my water bottle that I'm drinking. It's a person who made these laws that we have to follow. So if these people can contribute to society, whether in creative ways or, you know, making laws or however they want to contribute to society, I can do the same thing because they're just people. So once you uh, uh, like I, I, I think once you start thinking like that, like I have something to contribute. I'm creative. I'm funny. I'm. I'm interesting. Other people might, other people out there might just be like me, you know, uh, and then you'll start connecting with like-minded people. And this is how you end up, you know, on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's about that authenticity as well. Like, I think it can take people a very long time. Yeah. A, to realize what they have to offer, but then also to just, just to be themselves. Like it's one of those very common sayings like, oh, you know, be yourself or keep it real or whatever. But people say that, but actually it's, I think it's really rare. I think it's really rare. I think it's it's more common for people to kind of show a certain side or like a very kind of censored and neutered versions of themselves. But I can always respect people who are just, you know, I mean, everyone's going to censor themselves to some degree because we don't want to be completely crazy. But um, I always admire people who are just like authentic, whether that's online, whether that's in real life. And I think people 
people connect to it because it's easy to see if someone's kind of putting on a, a false image or speaking in a very certain way to try to appeal to someone. But when I, I don't know, like on Twitter, for example, I don't even know how I, how I first came to following you, but I think probably someone retweeted something onto my timeline and I was just like, yeah, that's real. And then, you know, I kind of went to your profile. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I haven't met this guy, but he's somebody who I know I'd get on with in real life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's kind of weird how you can do that. It's crazy, too, because I guess like growing up, you're kind of molded by your parents, you're molded by your friends, you're molded by all these things, and they're pushing you to become a certain way. So imagine this. Everybody is pushed to be a certain way. And then the moment that you say, all right, well, that's not really for me. I just want to be myself. Other people start looking at you like he's being himself. I'm being myself. Now we can connect, you know, like. That there's some like authentic, cool people out there and you start connecting with them. And it's funny how everything unlocks when you just become yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it, one person doing it, I think, encourages other people too. sometimes people wonder why I'm outspoken or especially honest about certain things. Yeah. And I'm just like one. I think it's just in my nature Two, the being honest and truthful to me. It's like it means that I don't need to. It, it's almost. It's almost easier for me in a weird yeah. way because I don't have to feel like I'm completely hiding a key part of my brain or my personality from the world. And I think that that can just be stressful. You know what I mean? I think it's probably like, I don't know, <laughs> I have no experience of this personally, but I imagine like a, a, a gay person who's in the closet and yeah. they, have to com they have to completely block off this whole aspect of themselves from society. And then I would imagine if they're just like, okay, this is who I am, this is what I do. And in this day and age, most people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. Hey, so actually on that topic, I have, an ex I have experience like that. Like there's a really close family member to me that was in the closet. We kind of all knew that he was gay. And what, what happened was because we're straight males and he's like in the closet, there was kind of like some disconnect between us because we're into certain things that he's not into, you know? So he's like trying to force himself to either, you know, be around us or just like the things that we like. And in reality, he has different interests. And the moment he came out, we grew closer because he's like, oh, these are the things. When you guys want to go do this, call me. When you guys want to go do this, call me. You know, like, so then he can say like, hey, I'm not into all the same things that you're into, but, you know, we connect here and we connect here and we connect. When you want to go play football or you want to go play basketball, I'm not coming. But the moment you want to go do something else, I'll be there, you know? Yeah. Instead of him just sitting through a bunch of things that uh, maybe he wasn't interested in, he's just sitting there being miserable, like trying to, you know, fake the funk. And the moment he became himself, it seems like his relationship with uh, with the rest of us, with, with his brothers, with my brothers and everything just, you know, became more authentic. I mean, what I'm seeing it particularly with now is um, I don't I don't want to get too political on this podcast. But, you know, I think with like certain people's politics and stuff like that over the last few years, you've certainly seen people are almost like. People are like closeted about their <laughs> views on certain things. You know what I mean? And again, I find it weird. Um, yeah, they're like in, in the closet conservatives. <laughs> oh gosh, dude, a, a lot of them. I mean, I, I'm in music, you know, like I, I'm in music. Yeah. I'm in, I'm technically in the entertainment business. And as much as they talk about, you know, diversity in that regard, like there's one, there's one type of diversity which they really don't want. And that is people 
thinking <laughs> thinking differently politically not not even necessarily being like hard staunch conservatives just like being like no nah, i'm not sure about this one or i don't know about that one and no one wants to like nobody wants to say anything like i have so many musician friends who are just like almost like whispering on the phone yeah, and i'm kind of yeah. like gosh dude like <laughs> what are you, what are you scared of and so on of that note what, what really helped me realize that there's other people out there like me is music like i'm big into hip-hop right yeah. And you might hear some some rapper in, I, I'm from California, I'm from the West Coast, you might hear some rapper from Brooklyn say something, and you're like, I feel like this dude grew up with me, you know, like, so like, other people are going through the same things that I'm going through as well, you know, like, so it is all right just to be yourself, there's other people out there like that, but you know, you do... Uh, telling the truth attracts the mob. You know, it, it attracts the mob who, who, <laughs> who hate reality and who hate the truth, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I'm not talking about people's personal truths. I mean, like you say, the sky is blue and there's a bunch of people who just... Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's ableist, man. Not everybody can see, bro. Not everybody can see. Not exactly. everybody... You know, the first time someone called me an ableist, I had to look it up and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, bro, you shouldn't even know what this term means. That means you've been searching too far into this. <laughs> a lot of people throw around a lot of terms like that label other people. And I, I, I'm not even joking. I have to look them up. Like, I'm like, yo, you shouldn't know this much about, about labeling people. You know, like you yeah. shouldn't know this specific type of person because that means you're looking for it. You know, yeah. you're looking for these type of people to fit this mold that you have labels for, you know? Twitter in particular, it's like, even if you don't talk about politics and you're not specifically political, if you say certain things, you still kind of get dragged into it. It's almost like unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you talk about hustling, you talk about entrepreneurship, you talk about money management, you talk about financial responsibility yeah. and you'll say those. And I mean, I, I see it myself and I laugh, you know, you'll say something and then someone will be like, oh, well, that's offensive to so-and-so, or, or what about this, or what about that? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, bro, what are you talking about? All I did was tell you to calculate how much money you have. I, I don't even know half of these politicians that you're throwing at me and telling me these people made these rules. And so I'm just telling you to be responsible for yourself. You're right. You just get dragged into these conversations that it was never your intention, you know? No. Uh, and, and it's funny because... Um, I, I, you know, I, I started to talk about this yesterday and just kind of how the truth affects certain people. Like, so for instance, let's say my, let's say my brother's severely obese, right? He's not the dude is skinny as hell, you know, but let's say he was, and he has a donut in his hand and I go, Hey bro, you shouldn't be eating that. You know, some people will really look at that and say, you know, like, Hey, you should love yourself and let, and don't judge him for this. And like, no, I love him. So I'm holding him accountable. This exactly. is the truth. The truth is you're obese. We know what happens to obese, obese people, and you're eating the same things that made you obese, right? Yeah. So outsiders are going to tell me to tell my brother to love himself, but you're not going to be at his funeral. I will. So I'm going to tell you to love yourself and take care of yourself, right? Mm. And I don't know why. It just doesn't make sense in my mind. I'm just telling people the basic truths. Save your money. Make more money. You know, uh, there's a system out there that's banking on your on you and other people in society to be in debt. There's yeah. a whole system. It's a whole financial system. The, the people in control of these financial institutions, mm -hmm. their grandkids, grandkids, grandkids are filthy rich. They're not even. <laughs> it, it's all 
on the backs of you spinning your credit card. Like you just keep swiping your credit card. You know, like there's people out there that are making a take, making a living off of you know you being financially illiterate. And when I speak on it, I get attacked, and I'm like, no, you don't see what's going on. You kind of just remind people of their own flaws and their own insecurities because with, then what happens is someone says, hey, I don't have money, but I deserve to ride in a comfortable car to get to work. I deserve this and I deserve that. If you talk about personal responsibility, it doesn't matter if it's fitness, if it's money, if it's business. Any, anyone who talks about personal responsibility you're going to get attacked. And like I said, you're going to get somehow dragged into politics because, you know, you've got this this bigger theme where people, a lot of people do really feel entitled and expect something for nothing. Yeah. So if you are saying, no, you don't get something for nothing. No, if you want to get in shape, you have to you have to work out. You have to eat right. And yeah. I can't do that for you. I don't I don't feed you. I only feed myself. So if you're overweight or you're super skinny and you want to build muscle. I can advise you, but I don't, I don't eat for you. I can't lift the weights for you. I'm just saying like, that's what you've got to do. And then, you know, people, oh, you're, you're body shaming, you're fat shaming. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, this is yeah. too much, man. <laughs> this is too much. I think it has a lot to do with like evolution. So for instance, like me and you are men, most men are wired to go fight a fight, right? Whatever the fight may be, right? Yeah. We are looking for something to conquer. We were conquerors. That's, that's how we've got, this is how humans have got to this point this far, where me and you can talk to each other through a computer screen. A lot of things had to be conquered. A lot of fights had to be fought. A lot of battles had to be won, right? What happens when you don't need to conquer anything anymore? You just start making up problems. True. So then you always have an opponent. So you always have an enemy to attack. So, uh, you know, I like to tell people like, yo, don't come in my mentions arguing with me if you haven't called your mom. <laughs> Yo, your priorities are messed up, bro. You're looking for shit to be mad about, and your mom hasn't heard from you in one week. You know, like, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, man, mo moving on from the nonsense, like, uh, let's talk about your other businesses. So you've got 17th Watches going, and then um, I saw you've also got a, I think it's a so social media company or a brand marketing company, which is yep. uh, Ridge Market. Okay, so I don't really talk about this social media marketing company that I have. I'll give you, like, the story of how it came about. I started playing on Twitter in 2016, sorry, 2015, I bought a book from this Canadian dude who was on Instagram talking about, I'll teach you how to grow an Instagram account, mm. selling a book for 12 bucks. I'm like, what's 12 bucks? I buy the book. He really, he like dropped all the gems on how to grow a strong Instagram account, right? He was like, this is how you hack the system. This is how you hack the algorithms. Do this, do that. And at the time, Maybe I had 180 followers and I just got to work, right? I just started doing exactly what he did every single day. Next thing you know, I have 10,000 followers. Next thing you know, I have 15,000 followers. Then someone messages me and they say, hey, when I start following you, you had 8,000 followers. Now you have 15,000 followers. It's been a few months. Like, what are you doing? And I, or, no, she asked me, what do you study or what did you study in school? And I'm like, no, this is just. It's like a part of what I've learned from this book. And the other part of it is instincts. You know, like if you talk about what I talk about and let's say on Twitter, I retweet you, I'm going to have access to your network, right? Yeah. You retweet me, you're going to have access to my network. So um, she sends me an email. I mean, she sends me a, a DM and she's saying like, oh, okay, well, I work for this company and we need help with our social media. 
what do you like what would you charge us to run our instagrams i've never heard of this company i asked her what the name was of the company was i never heard of this company before so i'm like i don't know like let, let me just meet with the owners or whatever yeah so I, I take a meeting with the owners. I go down to LA uh, and they're like, so this is what we're struggling with. And they knew all about my watch company. They knew all about everything that I've been doing. They're like, we like the way you did this and you did this and you did this. And this is like, this is a hundred million dollar a year company studying. Oh, wow. Little, yeah. Like studying what little old me is doing on Instagram. Right. Cause they, they're so excited to get me on board and hire me. And they're pretty much like, yeah, whatever your terms are, we'll meet them, you know? <laughs> And my terms at the time was, you know, $800 for the month. Uh, I wasn't really in it for the money. I just wanted opportunity because they have the resources to play with. So if I can take their, their brand and try to uh, uh, grow it and they have the marketing money to spend, they have the ad spend, they have all these things. If I can do that and run them as like kind of test dummies in a way, then I can turn around and do the same things for my own company. I'll just spend their money, help them grow, learn what I need to learn, apply it to my own company. So I told them $800 a month and then I tell them, but the catch is I'm only willing to come meet with you guys one time a week for one hour. That's it. Like, I, I don't want to be a part of all these meetings. I don't want to talk to the marketing team. I don't want to do all this stuff. And I damn sure don't want a cubicle, you know, like I'm not. <laughs> um, so they kind of opened up my mind. So I'm sitting at home, like I post on Instagram for them a few times a week. Uh, they're growing every time I come into these hour meetings that we have, like these marketing meetings, like yeah, eight hundred followers. Thanks, Chris. And they're just like praising me. And I'm like, man, I can go find other companies. So, you know, long story short, I go find other companies to do this with. And, uh, this was essentially how I got to the first time, you know, hitting like $10,000 a month is because I'm running ads for these companies. I'm, I'm running the Instagram accounts for these companies. Yeah. So I just turned that into a company. So then what happens is people say, hey, help my company. I'll help my company out. And I say, all right, well, uh, I charge $1,000 a month. And then I'm just going to go find some young intern to do it for 500. I can just monitor what they're doing, show up to the meetings, give the reports. Now I'm making passive money. You know, I don't have to play on Instagram all day. So then the Ridge Market, let's get into the Ridge Market. So what the Ridge Market is, is a service that builds people's brands for them. So for instance, I have a watch company. If you wanted a watch company, I'll build it for you, right? Uh, I'll get the sample product from, I'll get the sample product from the manufacturer. I'll do the website. I'll even tell you, I built my company off of Instagram shout outs. I'll tell you which pages to go contact for shout outs. Uh, I'll tell you which apps that you should have on your Shopify store. I'll tell you all these things. I'm pretty much giving you the alley-oop and then you just dunk the ball and start getting money. Gotcha. So how that came about was uh, I, I was selling a webinar because everyone kept asking me, how are you making money with the watches? And I'm like, man, I can't sit here and talk to everybody. I'm just going to make a webinar and explain how I did it. So I made this webinar. I started selling this webinar. A lot of great feedback from the webinar. At the time, maybe I sold 2,000 copies of this webinar. At the end of the webinar, I leave my phone number for people to call me, like in case they have questions, they want help, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you spend your money with me. I'm going to spend my time on you, you know? Yeah. So I sell 2,000 copies, but only about 40 people have contacted me. And it's not like I'm getting bad reviews. Everyone's like, yeah, this is, a, you know, you opened my mind, you did all this stuff. And I'm like, then why aren't you calling me? You know, like, and I realized that what happens is certain things that may be second nature to me are kind of like an uphill battle for other people. So if I tell you, for example, if I say, hey, all you got to do is uh, get a, a product made from this manufacturer and then build a website, you're like, whoa, 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 I have so many questions, you know, like, mm. 
how do I find the manufacturer? How do I know it's a good manufacturer? How can I trust them? Where do I pay them? Blah, blah, blah. There's so many other questions. I made it seem really simple and you might have questions. So I realized a lot of people aren't contacting me is because they don't even know where to start. So one day I was actually in France and I'm just laying in the bed in the middle of the night and I'm like, all right, guys, uh, for the next, I, I was like, all right, I'll build 10 brands for people who send me a thousand dollars. Here's what you're going to get. Right. I only got space for 10 people. Right. And about seven minutes go by and 34 people sent me. <laughs> well, I, told them, <laughs> I, I told them to send 500, you know, half up front, half when I'm done. So in about seven minutes, man, I got like 34. Maybe it was like between 28 and 34 people sent me. So my PayPal is just going crazy. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, and all, these are all the same people that bought Six Figure Side Hustle, you know, like the webinar that I sell. So I'm like, this is nuts. Like, what in the world? So I'm like, at this point, you just made that much money that fast. You're not going to limit it to 10 people, you know? <laughs> so you're not cutting yourself off, right? So I'm like, you know what? All right. I got 25 more spots, 50 more people send money, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, I'm like, all right, I got to get to work. Uh, you know, and, and I told people up front, hey, I'm in France right now. It's going to take me 60 days, but I'm not even going to start the 60-day window until I get back to America because uh, I'm out here visiting my family. So then what happens is uh, my best friend, his name is Keanu. He's in Africa at the time. He's a, a military guy. He's in Africa deployed. And he has all this time on his hands. And I keep talking, telling him about this is how you can make money online. This is how you can do this. This is how you can do this. This is what I've been up to. And uh, he's like, well, I have all this time on my hands. Like, let me help you out. I'm like, all right, cool. So this is what you need to do. So he starts doing the stuff on the back end and I'm promoting, giving the sales, doing these things. And then we're kind of just like building this whole thing together. So after we got to 82 sales or after I got to 82 sales, I told him I'm like, man, I appreciate all the help. You know what? You tell me whatever your price is and, and I'll pay you for it. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? I'll do you one better. Not only will I pay you for the first 82, the 83rd order and everything on, we'll just split 50-50. Let's just start a business. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm with it. <laughs> and that's how the Ridge Market got started, man. And now we're just building brands for people. And that's dope, man. That's really dope. Man, that's a, that's a lot of hustle in a... <laughs> so, funnily enough, I think a lot of that is seeing opportunity where other people wouldn't mm -hmm. i think that that's really what entrepreneurship is isn't it i mean exactly what a lot of what you've just said there i think you know someone could just get to stage one of that but then they wouldn't that spark wouldn't go off which would then lead to that next step which yeah. would then lead to that next step so it looks like you know you're just like okay i just did this for myself like most people kind of stop there mm -hmm. if they even get there but then it was like oh okay so i can do this for i can do this for someone else and then, oh, okay, I can scale this up. Oh, yeah. I can make this. I can make this a business. Oh, okay, you know what I mean. It's like always seeing those opportunities. I mean, I'm even seeing now. You know, looking at what's the what's the next brand you're looking to create? I saw something the other day. I can't even. I can't even remember. It was another another product. Oh, oh. the the Sonic toothbrushes. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this guy, man. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So let me talk to you about the toothbrush brand, man. So. Basically, on Instagram, what I, me and my, my younger brother, we always get on our Instagram like story, and then we say like, "Good morning, everybody. We hope you brush your tongue." You know, like we just make jokes, or like I'll just make a video in the car, and I'm like, when somebody gets in your car and the breath stinks, and I just turn the video into whoever just got in my car and they're taking off guard. You know, <laughs> and 
and, and it's crazy and a lot of people make comments about my teeth and stuff and I'm like yeah the key to success is brushing your teeth you know so I just it was just like an ongoing joke and then I realized I'm like wait a minute everyone needs a toothbrush you know like I'll just be the guy that gives them the toothbrush you know and and I don't need to sell everyone a toothbrush I only need to sell let's say if 2,000 people give me 50 bucks for an electric toothbrush you know like that's an investment in themselves you know, I only need to connect with 2,000 people, you know, every year to get a new toothbrush. Like, so many people in the world, 7 point something billion people in the world, I just need 2,000 people to believe in me, and we're good to go. Same way I started the watch company. So <laughs> the toothbrush brand. But I wanted to make it, like, educational. So what I did was uh, I made, like, a YouTube series, and I'm just going to show people step by step how to build the brand, right? Nope. Uh, so that's, man, that's, that's kind of like what I'm getting into now. And what's crazy is I got the sample products and stuff, and I... I was just getting some orders now. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I came from the gym earlier and I, I used the sample product to brush my teeth. And I'm like, this is next level. You know, like this is this is dope. It's something I believe in and everybody needs it. So why not? Right. Like, just why not? So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how um, that's how this toothbrush company is coming about and I just think it's going to be something fun you know like it's going to be fun and I make all types of funny videos about how people don't brush their teeth you know you go pick up your friend early in the morning they get in the car with their stink ass breath and you're like oh no nah, man I'm going to toothbrush for you <laughs> well what's what's dope about it all is um I can see like you're having fun with it you know what I mean the enjoyment business and entrepreneurship are two things that can be so it can be so serious, you know what I mean? Like when people think when people think of a of a businessman or a businesswoman, or they think of an entrepreneur, people think of like the material glory of it, or like oh, okay, like it would be cool having this much money or whatever, or being able to wake up when I want. But at the same time, there's just that it can be very serious because people think of you know going to like pitch meetings for investors or doing this or doing that or just staying up all you know like it's got a glamorous side. But it's also got that just like, I don't know, side that puts people off, I think. It's like really serious and people are like, mm -hmm. I got to pretend to be this macho person so I can go into a, a meeting and pitch my idea. I got to pretend to have it all figured out. And yeah. and then what, what happens is you run to, you know, entrepreneurs and you're like, man, these people are having a, a good time. You know, <laughs> these people are having a good time. That's, that's kind of like just how I structure my life. <laughs> like one day I just decided like, man it's time for me to live life on my own terms you know yeah. like i think i'm funny other people think i'm funny i i think i can design things other people think i can design so you start connecting with people you know if you kind of look at the history of money it, it kind of tells you that entrepreneurship is basic right it's, it's a very basic thing so a lot of people even people listening to this might say i'm not built to be an entrepreneur blah 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 right so check this out let's say we go me and you go back to the hunter and gatherer days right you have, or maybe even a little fast forward a little bit, but let's say you have apples and I have oranges, right? Mm -hmm. We can trade. You know, I went, I spent my time picking and growing these apples. You spent your time picking and growing oranges. The moment where you cross somebody who doesn't like oranges, then you're not going to be able to trade with them, right? So you create money. So money is created. Therefore, you can just take this coin and trade someone else for chocolate. So apples, oranges, and chocolate all centered around exchanging this coin or this piece of gold, whatever. After their agricultural revolution, 
when you become like the we, we move into the industrial revolution and you realize that uh, or what happens is these big factories come about and these factories are producing cars. They're producing, you know, different things. And everyone's working now for this company. So the company itself is exchanging goods and services with customers or with other businesses, with other businesses or with customers. Right. So it went from uh, peer to peer to company to peer or company to company. So we kind of moved away from the peer-to-peer exchange. So then what happens is social media comes and then we just reset everything. Because if I can connect with you directly and I have something you want, you have something I want, mm-hmm. I have a watch, you have $100, let's trade it. Now let me move to the next person and trade it and move to the next person and trade it. And then you realize like, damn, you didn't need a company. You know, you didn't need the company at all. Like you didn't need the nine to five at mm-hmm. all. So that's kind of like, you know, how it unraveled it in my mind. And then I came to the conclusion that there's only two ways to possibly make money. One, you have to sell something or two, you have to work for somebody who's selling something. Mm -hmm. So because we have social media and we have access to other people, you could just be the person that's selling something. You don't necessarily have to go work for someone who's selling something. You could just be that person yourself. Yep. And that's the beauty of capitalism. Yeah. And that's the beauty of capitalism. Exactly. Exactly. So what do you say to the... the the critics of capitalism out there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, this, is, this is what's crazy, bro. Check this out. Critics of capitalism. They woke up today in a house that they bought that someone else built, right? <laughs> they put on clothes that they got from the retail store, right? Mm-hmm. They logged into, or they were maybe they were automatically connected into the Wi-Fi service that they pay somebody else <laughs> to have in their house, right? Uh-huh. Then... They get on their $1,000 iPhone and they complain <laughs> about capitalism. <laughs> like, bro, your whole lifestyle, your whole everything that brings you comfort, someone else created for you, you know, mm-hmm. or somebody else created some goods or services and they're changing. So people who truly hate capitalism aren't even going to be listening to this. And if you do listen to this and you think you hate capitalism, you don't because you have the Internet. That's why you're listening to this. You have a smartphone. That's why you follow him on Twitter. And that's why you follow me on Twitter because you don't hate capitalism, right? You just hate the illusion of whatever people told you. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. It's a funny one. <laughs> so between the army and setting up your first company or even before that, did you have any inverted commas, normal jobs or any sort of jobs that you worked in the past? No. Nah, did you kind of jump straight into this? I jumped straight into this. So I got out of the army in 2016. I started the watch company in 2015. So I started okay. while I was in and I knew I was getting out. So just kind of like based on my experience in the Army, I joined the Army at the age of 18 years old. I knew that they had things for me that I couldn't provide for myself, right? Uh, They could teach me skills. They can give me shelter. They can give me food. They can give me training. They can give me all these things. Um, So I'm willing to trade my time, my labor, all these things to get these resources that the Army is providing. That's an even exchange for for an 18-year-old coming out of the streets, you know? Mm But then what happens is you become 22 and you start like, oh, I don't know. And then you become 24 and you're like, now nah, I want to do this on my own. So I started the watch company while I was in. I get out of the army. The watch company is moving, but it's not moving well enough for me to only rely on that. So yeah. to give you an example, I was probably making about $1,200 a month from the watches, which equals like out to be about like, you know, 12 to 16 watch sales a month. So I'm like, all right, something has to give. I got to go get a job. I got to go do something. One so, second, man. That I want to I want to say uh, to dig in a little more because that's not that's not bad. 
So yeah, how do you yeah, get how, how did you get those first sales? I mean, how did you get up to selling twelve hundred dollars worth in a month? How did you do that? Oh man, you know what? Your podcast is gonna blow up because you asked the right questions. You're on some Joe Rogan stuff. All right, look, so check this out. <laughs> the first sales came from my family and friends, the people I grew up with, the people I was in the military with, blah, 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 blah. Right? Your family and friends, the people that know you. Those are gonna be your first sales. Convincing eight people a month that you know to buy a watch from you isn't that hard if you know a lot of people, but that's only $800, right? And not all of that 800 is profit. So you're only looking at, you know, maybe walking away with like four or 500 bucks, right? So to scale this, you can't rely on people that you know, because eventually you're gonna run out of people you know. You only have a network of so many people that know you by first and last name that trust you, that blah, blah, blah. You're gonna run out of people. So you need to start connecting with people you don't know, right? Because the people that you don't know in this world are like infinite. There's like, you don't know that you don't know so many people. So what I did was I bought that dude's book and I started DMing people. I bought that Instagram book I was telling you about earlier. I started DMing people and I would just like, I would send a DM to you on Instagram saying, hey, what's up? My name is Chris Johnson. I'm from San Bernardino, California. I'm an entrepreneur and an army vet. Uh, my first business is 17th Watches. But what's up? Like, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? And I would talk to people and they would say, oh, you started a company, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm an engineering student at this school. Like, oh, what kind of engineering? So then we just have a natural conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, well, hey, you know, I got to go. But if you want to check out the watch company, here's the link. Here's a few photos. And what would happen is people would buy it. You know, like I just talked to them for a little bit or I'd say, you know, I would offer them advice. If, if they were saying, oh, that's cool. You were in the military. I'm thinking about going to the military. And then eventually I make the sales pitch through the DMs and people are buying it. So to get 30 people a month to buy that isn't hard because if you send five DMs a day and only one person buys, at the end of the month, you've got 30 sales. Okay. Uh, I, I got to the point where I can make, you know, 12, 18, $3,000 simply just by talking to people in the DMs saying, this is who I am. What's up with you? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you like? And I take it these, these people were targeted, surely. Oh, hell yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I was really specific about what I did. Okay, so, yeah. For instance, what I would do is um, I would go, let's say I would go on a college page, right? I would go to whatever university and I would go look for an athlete, a, a basketball player. Okay. I would, like, they tag him in his, hey, check out our game tonight. So-and-so is a star player. And then I would click on his account, but maybe he went to a small school, so he has 5,000 followers. Mm-hmm. I would click one the people who like his pictures and I would just follow them, right? Because these are, this is a specific group of people I'm trying to target. They're, you know, they're going to be in the working class. That's why they're in college in the first place, blah, 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 right? Or I would go to uh, the alumni pages because the alumni pages, they already graduated, which means there's a high chance that they're working, right? So they have disposable income. So I would go to, or I would go to, you know, the, the alumni page, follow a bunch of people. They would follow me back. I would just, leave a comment under their picture, like, oh, nice photo, like, it's a good day with the family, whatever. Just start to create some things. Maybe they would say something back. I send them a DM. I do my little pitch thing. And then I would talk to them. And then I would end with, hey, well, if you wanted to buy a watch, you know, here's my website. And what happens is I post pictures of my watches all the time. So they're going to naturally just go lurking back through my Instagram account. They're like, oh, this guy has some nice watches or he's funny or he does this. He shows his family life and all these good things, you know, and then they end up buying a watch. So, yeah, this is, these are really targeted people. Um, so I found my target and then I would just connect with them organically. Awesome, man. OK, so you were about to talk um, about the scaling up from that stage. Uh, 
I, when I'm at the $1,800, $1,800 a month when I'm around that, that mm -hmm. um, stage, my military pay runs out. I got to go to get a job, right? I got to get a job because I can't rely on $1,800 a month, $1,200 a month, $1,600 a month. I can't rely on that. Sure. So I go to, I go to a job interview. I've never been to a job interview before. I never even filled out a resume, blah, blah, blah. I guess I become a top two candidate and they pick some chick over me or whatever. And I felt bad because, you know, I went to three interviews. Me and the lady just seemed like we, you know, hit it off cool. But they had to pick who would work best for their job. She had more sure. experience. I never even worked in the field before. All this good stuff. So then uh, that's when it hit me. Like, yo, why am I asking people for this anyway? I could just go harder on the watch company, right? Gotcha. I need a system that's going to allow people to see my watches, to see my story without me having to talk to them because I can't talk to everybody. I don't have the time in the day. No one has the time in the day to sit and talk to every single one of your customers. You have to automate something, right? So what I did was, I, I, I kind of just hit me. So for instance, if I was going to, if I was going to the alumni pages for this black university, cause I'm targeting like, you know, uh, black folks, right? And if I'm going to alumni pages and I realize who do they follow and they follow these large, you know, pro black business pages. They follow okay. they follow, you know, these big pages that have hundreds and thousands of followers. Uh, there was a military page. There's this dude who runs this military page. And what they do is they just post selfies of people and say so and so is a staff sergeant in the army. You know, follow him or follow her or whatever. OK, so I'm like army people. There's maybe 150, 120,000 people on this page. You know, my target audience, too. So, uh, so I hit the dude up and I say, yo, I own a company. How much will it cost me to get posted on your page? You know, like I'm not going to send you a selfie. So can I just run an ad? And the dude was like, send me 10 bucks. All right. I'm like, there's no way, you know, $10. Like you're going to post me in front of 120,000 people who are really specific to my audience. Right. Because these are military people. I'm an army vet. I'm going to, you know, run an ad saying I'm an army vet. Yeah. You're going to put me in of 120,000 people for $10. I send them 50 bucks and I say, yo, like lunch is on me, you know, take your girl out to lunch on me or whatever. Send yeah. them the 50, send them the ad, right? That day I had about $2,085, $2,085 in sales that wow. day. Wow. Wow. From a single Instagram post. From one single Instagram post. That's incredible. Right? There's 120,000 people, but let's say only 10% of the people see that. 10% sure. of 120,000 is 12,000. Right. Let's say out of those 12,000 people, only 10 percent of those people are actually even interested. Now you got 1,200 out of those 1,200 people. Let's say uh, 100 people go to your website and 20 people buy. But 20 people buying a hundred dollar watch, you got two thousand. You got two thousand. Yeah. So that's when it just kind of unlocked for me. You know, like that's when it just unlocked for me. And I'm like, oh, I can just run these ads all the time with different pages. <laughs> So I started going to different pages and uh, just hitting them up, asking what their rates were. And that's how the company like was able to scale. So then eventually, uh, when I got to the point where I'm making about 15,000 a month, I hired my brother to do it. So I, I hired my brother. I'm like, yo, this is what I do. This is how I ship. This is how I contact pages. This is how I run my Instagram account, all this stuff. So now he can do these things while I go work on other projects. Right. Gotcha. So then he just works for uh, he just works for a percentage of the sales every month. So mm -hmm. he has an incentive to keep this thing going because, you know, that's his job. So, he, you know, he was studying uh, at the university. He finished a degree in math. He had a similar uh, experience with the job. He went to go try to get a job. 
he felt like they were robotic and they were just like, I don't know, like they didn't have no people skills or whatever. I'm like, well, just work for me then, you know? So then, uh, you know, I ended up giving my brother the job. And now from the watch company, I can collect money without doing anything at all. He runs the entire company. Now I can work on these other things. I gotcha. And these are, these are organic ads. So these aren't, these aren't ads necessarily run through the platform, but they are ads that you've just negotiated privately with exactly. page owners. Exactly. If I own a page and I'm posting people in the military and talking about military stuff all the time, I'm doing it probably because it's fun, right? Mm -hmm. But if I can make some money doing it, then why not? So if a company comes to me and says, hey, uh, you know, I'm willing to pay you to post, and you're going to be like, oh, okay, cool, you know? Uh, but I'm not going through Facebook.com. I'm not going to run ads on Facebook or to run ads on Instagram because yeah. Facebook owns Instagram. This is just page owners. I'm just putting, you know, I'm just putting two and two together, me, the page owner, their audience. We can do this all day long. You know, you just find wherever your target audience hangs out online and then run an ad with them. Awesome. So those are right. There are some very practical tips that people can take away. You know, if there's people who are listening right now who are thinking, man, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I mean, that's some that's some valuable advice that's just been given to you all for free right there. So yeah, so look, check this out. You make music, right? So I there's do. pages literally that post up and coming rappers, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe maybe they even talk about the whack rappers, like, you know, rappers you don't even listen to, but right. you understand that their audience likes rap music. So then you go put a 30 second clip of you in your new song, you pay them 50 bucks, you just got to convert on the sales, you know? So, but you can get the traffic to your page, you can get the traffic to your account. Yeah. Now it's up to you to close that deal, you know? It, it's interesting with me because, uh, you know, I do like retail pop-up shops and I used to do a lot of, you know, just direct sales, street hustling, you know, going yeah. out the street with the CDs, selling like that. So that's how I really built my audience out to begin with. But the whole online world, you know, especially when it comes to e-commerce and that, it's a little bit of a stranger to me. You know, I mean, I've done stuff here and there. I've dabbled in it for years, but yeah. it's not something that I've like properly shifted my focus onto. So it's uh, it's interesting very much from my perspective to hear. What's really crazy is you understand how it works, though. You know, like you understand how it works. If you got a CD and you're out your trunk with a CD, you're looking like, are you going to go pitch your CD to, let's say, some... 75-year-old white lady coming out of a yoga studio. Are you going to go tell her to, you know, uh, to check out your mixtape, to check out your CD? You're not. It's a waste of time. You know, like... I'll say it's happened before and it's been successful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might, you know, you, you might yeah, have yeah. some... But for yeah. the most part, you don't want to waste your time in front of people who aren't going to buy from you, you know? So if you can already find a community of people who have proven that they're into whatever you're selling, which is music, and why not just send them, you know, 30 bucks, you know, 40 bucks just to get, you know, uh, some views on your YouTube to get some some clicks to your SoundCloud to do whatever, you know, some buys to your your Apple, uh, uh, maybe your music posted on Apple or whatever. So it's kind of crazy. You're just like looking, you're looking for the proven people. Like, uh, so that's that's pretty much, man, how I figured this all out, bro. It's just I just sit up at night and think about these type of things. Yeah, no, that's that's dope, man. It takes a unique mind to do that. So um not everybody does or can do that because it's uh, it takes a very specific kind of brain, I think, to connect these dots and also to just have the balls and the curiosity to to try it. You know, like so many people just don't even try stuff like they just get stuck in one thing and they just keep doing it and they might yeah, complain yeah. about it. But people will complain and you'll give them ideas and you'll tell them how to do certain things and they, uh, they'd rather just 
they'd rather complain than actually, yeah, it's a small percentage of first people who are like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, let's do this. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? You said two really important, like, characteristic traits that get people to the top. Balls or courage, you know, and curiosity. That's all you need. I don't know. When you were a kid, did you used to ask your mom like a, a, a gazillion questions about everything? <laughs> yeah, and I, I've always been creative, man. Before I did music, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cartoonist. I used to just draw. I used yeah. to draw like, I mean, I can still draw, but I used to be my thing, just art. Like I used to just draw cartoons. I used to create characters. I used to like create my own superheroes, you know, my own animal based characters, all that. So I was just drawing all the time as a kid. And then um, when I was in my late teens in university, that's when I started rapping and started doing the music stuff more seriously. Some people don't let it go. And that's when you get the Steve Jobs of the world. You know, like they just don't let it go. They just want to design and create. And they feel like uh, they have something to contribute, whether yeah. it's a joke, whether it's, you know, an album, whether it's a T-shirt. They have something to contribute and they want to contribute. So that's a that's the beauty of it all. You know, like you have a voice, you have you have uh, a unique take on things and other people are going to connect with you. So for someone who's listening and who is, you know, whether it's as a, a full-time thing, a part-time thing, whatever, how do you, I guess, what would you say is like the first, the first step? Because I, I talk to a lot of people who, I don't know, they just feel, they feel a bit stagnant or they've got ideas or they know they want to do something, but they don't know what they want to do. Say someone who's in that position, who's not really sure like what service or product they have to offer. How do you suggest they right. go, they go about, I guess, recognizing that for themselves? Okay, cool. So look, here we go. Here's the formula for anyone, everybody out there who's listening. I want you guys to follow this formula uh, and you'll realize that it's not very hard at all. One, you have to know what it is that you want to do, what you want to teach, what you want to sell, what you want to create, right? So whether that's a product, for me, my product is the watches. Mm -hmm. Whether that's service, for me, the service is um, the build a brand, the rich market. Your service may be teaching people how to paint and sip. It might be a paint and sip. What a paint and sip is, for those who don't know, is you and your friends, you and your boo go to, you know, someone's house or go to the studio and there's an artist there who's teaching you how to draw an elephant and you're drinking wine the whole time. It's a good time. So whether you mm -hmm. want to teach somebody something, or you want to provide a service by hosting something, right? A product, a service, or information. Maybe you're a fitness person and you want to teach people how to lose weight. Maybe you're a fitness person, you want to teach people how to gain muscle or uh, you're, you want to teach people how to maintain their marriage. Whatever information you want to you know, give, you identify that, right? So you, you get your product, your service, or your information, and then you need a website. So the website is important is because like back earlier in the interview when I said that I was DMing people, you shouldn't have to talk to someone for them to hire you. Right. Yeah. So you need a website or you need somewhere where people can go swipe their webs or swipe their card, hire you, book you, whatever the case may be. And then once you have that website set up, then you need to get traffic to the website. So you can get traffic by getting Instagram shout outs. You can get traffic by simply tweeting. Go to this website, www.soandso.com. Yeah. People are going to click it, you know, like, and that's free traffic. So that's the formula. So it, for the people out there, like if you don't know what it is, first, you need to know what it is that you want to do. But if you don't know how to go about doing it, there goes your steps. Create something, 
create a website where people can go buy, book, hire, whatever, and yeah. then getting traffic to it. And that's the formula. You repeat this formula over and over and over and over and over again until the internet implodes and you're going <laughs> to be in a better position. <laughs> 100%, man. Do you read a lot of books? Yeah, I do. Okay. Do you have like a top three maybe? Uh, the most powerful book I've ever read is called The Power of Habit. Oh, Charles Duhigg. Yeah. The second, our, the, the second most impactful book is probably the autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay. Uh, and then number three always rotates because there's so many good books I've read. Like it just depends on the topic. But there's okay. a book called uh, Never Eat Alone that I really like. Oh, yeah. And it basically, yeah, it basically talks about the power of networking. So I love that book. But, you know, my book, my library is retarded you know like <laughs> it, it's it's called my library is it's nuts i keep books on my phone i keep podcasts on my phone uh but yeah i read because what i realize is by reading you're taking a look at someone else's perspective and sometimes you have to sometimes you will accept their perspective as being a better perspective than yours if you can put your ego to the side and say i'm willing to learn from anyone who's who has something to say you're going to find like a lot of books out there that just open your mind about simple things. Usually I'm just stimulating my own mind, you know? That's awesome, man. And amongst it all, especially as someone who spends a lot of time online and has online-based businesses, how do you stay above the distraction? How do you avoid getting, I mean, we all, we all get distracted occasionally. It's, <laughs> it's impossible not to, but how do you kind of maintain your sort of force field so you don't get end up spending hours on some nonsense twitter argument or something with someone who's never <laughs> going to buy anything you know what i mean because sometimes it's tempting to just like sometimes you've got to clap back sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to leave it and just be like you know what let me just stay zen so there's certain things that i, I believe you know we have x amount of energy every day right um certain things are infinite and other things aren't there's no cap to how how much you can learn in your lifetime. If you have the time to go learn it all, like you want to go learn about everything, sure, go ahead and do it. Your brain's never going to run out of power, computing power, right? Yeah. But when it comes to your energy, you're limited because you're going to get tired, right? Because you're going to run out of time because you're going to grow old. So uh, what I like to say is if you spin blocks of energy, imagine you have 24 hour, 24 blocks of energy. Each of them represent uh, uh, an hour in the day. Okay. You spend eight hours of your energy sleeping. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you got 16 hours of energy left. If you, you know, work out, hang out with your family, all these things, um, you're going to spend some energy doing that. Right. And then let's say you spend the rest of your energy. Let's say you got eight hours left uh, you, or you work for the eight hours. So now you've got eight hours left. If you just like sit around and watch bullshit and and um, and feed into the distraction, what you're going to realize is you can't ever replace that energy. Right. You could have spent that eight hours constructing something. You could have spent that eight hours doing this by me taking the time out to argue with trolls. I could have been in my DMS connecting with somebody else. Yeah. Right. But maybe that somebody else doesn't even want to talk to me anymore. So <laughs> they're like, man, I sent him a, I want to work with him. I sent him a DM, but he's arguing with people on Twitter, you know, like, so there's an opportunity cost because your resources there aren't uh, infinite, you know? Um, so that's why I realized like the distractions don't pay the bills, you know, the distractions yeah, yeah. that they don't, do anything but give you like a short hit of dopamine in your mind saying this is fun this is cool this is entertaining this is exciting you know and then it goes away and you realize 
you didn't do anything. Like you didn't wake up today as a better person than you did yesterday. I like the I like the concept of the energy bar. Yeah, it's yeah. Almost like a, like a video game. You know what I mean? I like that. Uh, I like that visualization. Yeah. Because it's like okay, this person's like taking taking like one eighth of my energy bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, hey, you know that game Grand Theft Auto? You ever play that game Grand Theft Auto? I, absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. So imagine like Grand Theft Auto and your health is running low, and instead of like. I don't know. Instead of you doing things to like, you know, you got to stay away from the police because if, if they keep shooting you or whatever, right. you're going to die, right? Imagine a, instead of staying away from the police, you keep running towards it. You're going <laughs> to die. Like, yo, if, you're, if your guns don't have any more ammo, you need to drive to the gun store. You can't keep shooting. You know, like it's once it's gone, it's gone. You have to go replenish it. And that's the way your energy works. Like once your energy is gone, you have to wake up the next day and replenish it. And then we're going to do like, hey, hey, troll, let's continue this conversation. <laughs> or like, hey, what time do you get off work? So maybe we can debate some. <laughs> but in the meantime, I haven't even talked to my mom in a week, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. If I spend energy doing one thing, I can't spend energy doing uh, something else. That's dope, man. I'm going to remember to start to ask people if they've spoken to their moms recently. That's going to be my new one. <laughs> hey, next time somebody comes to your mission, like. Yeah, bro, your mom cares about you, <laughs> and you have to call her. But you want to argue with me. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just me, bro. I'm not coming to your funeral. Your mom will, you know, like, make sure she knows you love her. That's awesome, man. And so what is, what's the plan for 2019, bro? What have you, what have you got planned? I've seen you're doing some, doing some live conferences. You've got oh. the fresh company. What are the, what, what's happening in 2019? What are the big goals? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my trifecta product service information. I'm going to put a lot of ad spin behind it okay. and I'm going to blow this shit up. You should, you should see me in your Instagram feed soon with an ad from the ridgemarket.com, you know, like yeah. saying, Hey, you like, you got 4,000 followers on Twitter and you want to talk about dumb shit. You could be building a brand. You know, you're going to see her. You're going to see that, uh, uh, coming soon. So I'm going to blow this thing up, man. I'm going to blow mm -hmm. this thing up. And I'm going to connect with a lot more people. Like I said, I'm opening up to like, you know, doing, doing uh, more webinars, doing more, I mean, sorry, doing more seminars. I'm going to do some things online. Uh, I'm going to do some things offline too. I had my first seminar at the end of December. So what I did was I told everyone who lived in Denver, Colorado, that they could come hang out with me. I'll teach them how to build a brand step-by-step. Step. I'm going to go mm -hmm. on tour. I'm going to go on tour teaching people how to build brands. And uh, it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. Put the knowledge out there, put the information out there keep designing watches and keep it, keep it going. That's awesome, man. You're such a positive and inspirational dude, man. Really. Thanks, man. Awesome, bro. So how can people find you online? All right. So my Twitter is nappy boy. So that's spelled N A P P Y B zero, not an O a zero Y Y. My Instagram account is Chris Johnson. J-O-H-N-S-O-N, 17-T-H, Chris Johnson, 17. Yeah, and then if you want to you wanna check out the watch company, 17th, the T-H, 17th-watches.com. And if you want me to build a brand for you, uh, theridgemarket.com. Awesome. So there we go. That's how you can get in touch with Chris. Thanks for jumping on the podcast, bro. We will definitely speak again, and it's been great to have you on there. Uh, thanks for having me. Sick like a
ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.